Welcome to the Resellers Niche Podcast, a show for e-commerce buyers and sellers where we investigate unique categories of items being bought and sold and show how research equals knowledge equals profit. And now your hosts, Russ and Mo. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Reseller Niche Podcast. Uh, we're going to mix things up yet again, kind of a little bit different. Today, we are going to put Mo on the hot seat. Mo, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How about you? It's going well. Get, get a little busy getting ready for the trip, but it is going well. Uh, I want to tell the audience, this, this podcast is coming out of a conversation that Mo and I had on, on a live cast uh, about some of the items he found garage sale, and one of them happened to be a Japanese doll. And Mo, I had asked in the live broadcast how Mo packs it. Um, for those that don't know, Mo has actually been a franchise owner of a packing and shipping company. Uh, so he's very well versed in shipping small stuff, shipping large stuff. And we're going to tap into that expert uh, expertise tonight. Uh, Mo, kind of tell us, tell us how did you get into that business, first of all, a, br a brief explanation. I literally fell into it. Um, I'm not a very handy person in the sense of tools and anything like that, um, uh, or shipping in the sense, because back, uh, this is probably the 2005-ish around there. Um, and I would say I was in IT back then, but um, I was a contract worker. Uh, they gave us yearly contracts, they, and I kind of got sick of that. So I found there was this place that was up for sale. It was in my area, literally, I want to say like a mile and a half, two miles away from where I lived. And I just kind of stuck my head in there. And the guy that was selling it um, was literally like having a fire sale. So that's kind of how I got in there. Got in, got in and go. And, and uh, backstory is that's owning that business is what led you into eBay. Yes. Right. Yes. I think we talked about that on our, one of our very first episodes introducing each other. So yeah. What, and okay. So typical, what typical day of a shipping company is you, you get anything and everything coming in, correct? I've seen a lot of stuff and ours was a low traffic store, but um, we visited, I mean, obviously I'm talking to a bunch of other store owners and I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of stuff, gotcha. um, all kinds of interesting things. Um, yeah, pretty much everything you'd see go through those doors. Got it. Let's take it through the levels. Yeah. Let's let's go from you know your average eBay, Amazon person, yeah, um, or Poshmark, you know the the online e-commerce seller. Um, let's take it from what on an average day or average sales or you know just some, just some smaller stuff. Sure. Uh, so let's kind of just start out with your basic supplies what's your basic way of you just ship a, a normal pick pick an item a video game or something like that. yeah i mean media is probably the most common thing we would ship um back in the day people would come in with loose stuff they didn't really have i mean i'm sure ups.com and all that was around but they didn't really utilize it so they would come in with like like a stack of video games and then um, most back then, nine times out of 10, they wouldn't even have a shipping label or anything. Um, now you'd have people semi ready to go. Right. So literally it'd be like an open box. I've got like a, a common thing would be like a, and then back then it would have been a, 
like it's probably like a PlayStation one or maybe a PS two or an Xbox most likely. And then a stack of games and it's usually loose. So we'd usually ask him, you know, what, what is this going for? And it's usually one of two reasons. It's either one, it's a birthday gift or something like that. Or two, it's going, it was going on eBay. Um, the other sites and stuff weren't really shipping back then. I don't think Amazon even did that back then. Uh, it was, yeah. So you're like, Oh, I've been told that I can send this. Here's an address. How do I get it there? And that was about it. So, uh, simplest way to do it. We basically just let them know, you know what, we'd have to bubble wrap each one of these individually. Usually it's a little cartridges, most times without the boxes. And then the console, we would, uh, it kind of depended on what they wanted because everything would go by the amount of insurance on the item. Nine times out of 10 people would say, wait, wait, what is that? What does that entail? Um, I'm not even sure if they had back now they have a hundred dollars free insurance, UPS, FedEx ground. Right. Always have a hundred. Yeah. eBay. Yeah. eBay store owners and actually right. for anybody. Or like for if anybody you, yeah. That's if you right. walked okay, into a, like a UPS store right now and you said, I want to ship this video game ground, you would have a hundred dollars insurance. On oh, that. gotcha. Um, uh, but back, I don't know if they had it back then though. Like Oh, Oh four Oh five around there. Let but, me, uh, let me so, stop. Let yeah. me stop you right there. Go ahead. Take a few minutes and explain how important that insurance can be. Extremely, <laughs> extremely important. And um, how cheap it can be. You know, a dollar for hundred is what I think the post office. And I was. think back then it might've even been cheaper than that. It right. might've been like 75 cents or like 70 cents per hundred. Um, and um, especially back then, because they didn't probably have the $300 worth of insurance. And the USPS didn't have, I don't think it had $50 free priority. That I'm not too sure because we didn't do much post office stuff. Right. But um, yeah, so it was really, really important because like I said, nine times out of 10, if there's any additional cost, at least uh, where I was, they would say, no, I don't want to do that. And I'd always say, you know what, if anything happens to this, then you're going to have no recourse. There's nothing you can do. And it's literally on the paperwork that you sign. It says, unless you have properly packaged, it's like if you ever look at the slip you get at the UPS store or FedEx, um, it will say in there, if this is improperly packaged, this is void. You know, the shipping is void. If this is not, you know, if it's something fragile and it's not double boxed, it's all, the, it's all in all the fine the print. Right. And half of it's not even there. Half of it refers to a web page on their website. So... You can't even see it. You can't but, even. Yeah, but most right. people would avoid that. They'd say, no, I don't want to do that. We do our best to package things. The problem came in when they would bring us like maybe like 30 games and multiple consoles. We try and ask them to double box things just to separate them. Simply. Right. A lot of times they wouldn't, and they would sometimes even come in with a box and say, you know what, I don't want to pay for a box. Here's a box. And the box is literally bulging. Um, yeah. so that's where we literally, what I would do, what, what became standard is we would have them say, well, you're, this is not, we're not going to be able to have you pay for insurance because insurance would deny you if something happens. Gotcha. A lot of stories yeah, don't even tell though you that. have, even though, yeah, yeah. Good pro tip right there. Even though you're, you're getting the insurance, mm -hmm. you, you still have to 
abide by their guidelines to yep. be accepted for the insurance. I yeah. have all kinds of insurance stories. Yeah. Uh, it, it like, that could be a whole other show just oh, on yeah. what not to do. Right? He's like, we were literally not allowed to say that we were selling them insurance. We weren't allowed to call it insurance. We had to call it coverage or coverage. Or, yeah. Because legally, I don't know where some, somebody probably got sued for saying selling insurance when they're not insurance salesmen, but you know, probably yeah. basically tacking it on as a service. So, so, yeah. so, so you get those items in and, and the first thing you do, you, you, you do, and I always suggest this to anybody, bubble wrap is your best friend in, yep. in e-commerce. Yep. Now, do you typically uh, shrink wrap after you bubble wrap to make it even tighter or even? Well, what we would do is we, if we had multiple, it kind of depends on what the piece was. If you're talking about cartridges, bubble wrap and shrink wrap together, or we would bubble wrap and bubble wrap together. So it gotcha. kind of, it, you create a block. Um, another rule was to technically to, you know, if some worst case scenario, something happened, you're supposed to have two inches between the item and the box. So that's usually packing peanuts, bubble wrap, dunnage, paper, whatever it is. Um, you and back then they would um, tell you not to use paper and they encouraged peanuts anything that was a little bit thicker because right. paper you know it, after a while would you know crunch down right. and then they could deny your insurance for that there's a million reasons they could deny insurance that would be one gotcha so on so you know bubble wrap and everything all right so let's take it to the next level yeah um so that we've talked about the normal stuff your video games your things like that um, let's talk about, cause I, I've shipped quite a bit electronics. Yes. VCRs, uh, reel to reel tapes. Yeah. Um, you know, let's kind of give me your, your guidelines on shipping electronics. Like that. Well, it kind of depends on what it is. VCRs are not as bad. DVD players, not as bad. The main thing is you wanted to make sure that you did not somehow, um, press on any of the buttons to open the drawer. Because if you overly packed it and you were kind of pressing on that open button or that power button and you somehow open it, because sometimes it would open even without being powered up, um, then it would open and it could easily snap. It's just snap a piece off. of plastic. Yep. Um, but generally, VCRs, DVD players, nice squares, so they're not too bad. We would generally bubble wrap peanuts and we would ask them if they want a double box. Most times they would say no. Uh, a lot of times with DVDs and I don't know what it is with DVDs and VCRs, we would get a lot of original boxes. People right. seem to keep those, maybe because they're easy and small. Uh, TVs you wouldn't see as much, but right. um, <laughs> uh, I have a story about a TV anyway. But uh, uh, DVDs and VCRs, um, usually it, it's such a nice shape and it would fit perfectly in a box. Bubble wrap, peanuts. And what we would like to do, if it, especially if it's got a little bit of weight, especially the early ones, we put styrofoam on the bottom. Get a piece of styrofoam, put them on top, put it on the bottom. That would really add a little bit of sufficient packing, like space between the item and the box again. And, and it also, like on some of the items I've sold, I've tried to make it uh, where if it's a higher priced item, I've sold some in the $300 range. You know, you, you do, I double box and, and then put the styrofoam around, you know, yep. double, double box, double styrofoam. Uh, and it didn't add any weight to it. It maybe added really, an extra no. size. But I remember one uh, customer, uh, one buyer sent a note, personal note. He said, I've never had it. He said, I deal in these and I, I get them all the time. He said, I've never had somebody ship it as well as you did. And I, so 
it, that's the pride factor. Definitely. You know, I kind of look at so double box, you know, double double box those expensive items. Yeah. Kind of kind of explain what because up until up until recently, when people say double box, it's so simple, but yet explain that. But when, okay. When people say, well, it's a. Uh, Plain and simple, it's a box within a box. For example, a DVD player, you're going to bubble wrap it, you're going to add peanuts, maybe some styrofoam, and you're going to put it in a box. You're going to take that box, and usually the second box would either have just peanuts or styrofoam, and you would basically be boxing that original box. Um, one way, a tricky way that, and maybe this is a, a tip for some people, I mean, it's not technically... What they call a double box sometimes in like for shipping stores is sometimes a double wall corrugated box. Right. So if you ever seen, seen that, you've seen those, right? Yeah. That's it, it, counted as a double ball. That's counted as a double box. Right. For, Cause it's, it's, it, that stuff like those Gaylords at the, at the weigh-in page mm -hmm. and stuff, that stuff is almost, you know, it's an inch thick. You could literally uh, take yeah. a, a Stanley knife to it and you could slice it and it still wouldn't cut through. Still, uh, right. Right. So that, to be honest, we would use those a lot too uh, because it would work most importantly. And also insurance would cover that. If we had bubble wrap peanuts, um, we, for items with glass that were more fragile, we wouldn't do that. But for stuff that needed to be double boxed, but didn't necessarily need a second actual box. Um, that's what we would use. We use double wall corrugated boxes. Gotcha. But the you, only, yeah, no, so sorry, go ahead. you brought up glass. Yes. You know, um, glassware, uh, what's the one that, uh, the, like the Le Crochet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The, you know, the, the pots, the uh, the ceramic stuff, yep. a lot of little ceramic figurines. Yeah. But glass. Now, I have successfully shipped some glass, and I was really, yeah, you know, I was, I was really nervous about it. You know, yeah. Especially, you know, the first time. Kind of give us the tips on shipping glass main thing with glass is don't it kind of depends on the thickness of the glass because we i've seen every kind of glass there is everything from those little wine glasses that are very thin on the bottom to thick heavy plates and bowls and things like that those are actually easier to ship the heart um like let's just take a big heavy like punch bowl that one would be super easy i would literally fill it with peanuts and then I'd bubble wrap the whole thing. I'd put it sitting on styrofoam, and then that styrofoam would be in a box of peanuts. Gotcha. And then that would usually be double boxed. It's, it's almost like if you think about like when they tell about uh, going up north in the wintertime, dress in layers. Yep. You're packing in layers. Exactly. Uh, now, you have first, to. I, I did hear one, and then am I right in thinking like in glass, sometimes if it's too tight yep you don't you want glass to have a little bit of movement yeah one of the first movement to its other <laughs> yeah definitely one of the first times i packed i snapped the bottom i remember i was typing i was taping and then i taped it and all of a sudden you just i'm like wait a second now it's in two pieces it was oh. within the bubble wrap but in two pieces because oh. i taped it way too tight and i snapped the thing in two so um yeah you've got to when you see something that's very thin like that pencil thin you got to really, you can take bubble wrap. There used to be this stuff and supposedly it was good for fragile items. It was literally like a spray. And I, th I think it was a spray. You would put it inside the box of fragile items and it would f fill it with like this kind of foam type material. Right. And it would take up all the space. 
I didn't like it because I'd seen somebody do that and break the items before. Like it would, because it takes up all the space in the box. Right. Yeah, I've seen those ship the. Uh, like you, I, I saw a YouTube on that. You yeah, I mean, it works for semi fragile stuff. Yeah. I would, and, if it's too fragile, I wouldn't use those. Right. Um, but as like you said, very fragile items. You literally would take foam wrap, the very thin foam wrap first, and then you would wrap that, and then you would bubble wrap it. Because bubble wrap's got a little bit of thickness to it that sometimes won't get into all the little crevices. Right. So right. little foam wrap, a little bubble wrap, and then you would kind of place that. We would have these, not styrofoam, but kind of foam um, little mats, basically, and place them in there if you can. And you, we would get, actually, the easiest way we would cheat is we'd have these pre-made ones. Basically, it's foam, and it's got, like, little holes cut into it. Yeah. And yeah. you can even get those at U-Haul, too, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I <laughs> You know, this is the the redneck frugal mentality that I have sometimes. I have seen like foam. Yeah. Uh, if I have something that I that I'm really particular about, like I have seen foam in in a, a used furniture foam. Yeah. And I've taken it and cut that little thing out, you know, through that and styrofoam and stuff. So there's a frugal frugal tip. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because that stuff works great. Yeah, <laughs> it, cow, it you know, old couch foam. Of course, you want to make sure it's not been on the side of the road and full, yeah. of, you know, full of animals. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you want to clean You want to clean it. But, you know, couch foam is, is a great We used to – the funny thing is that we would keep – I remember I had this old crate that would somebody – I don't know why we even had it as a giant crate and I would keep it filled with all kinds of different pieces of odd packing material, foam, styrofoam, odd size boxes, all that kind of stuff. And I'd always reach into that. And whenever people would drop stuff off, even back then I would like, they would ship something and like a lot of times because we had mailboxes, they would rip stuff open, just leave the packing and the boxes on the ground. I'd always keep that because you never know where that little, foam is needed or that little styrofoam piece that's odd shape that you need and, it, and the cost was great yeah definitely no, reuse and reuse. i've never had anybody complain i've i've never bought styrofoam yeah but i have used a lot of it and i've, I've never rarely had bought say, styrofoam yeah. 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 yeah yeah if we ever did it would be the big pieces i'm talking about like a 60 inch we had like these sheets of 60 inch yeah, styrofoam. Big sheets, right yeah right so we've talked about the, the you know the standard stuff the the fragiles the little bit biggers. Let's let's talk about your heavy items. Okay. Uh, now and I'm I'm specifically thinking like heavy items on eBay. Yeah, okay. Um, that that you typically would see stuff that are in the 20, 30, 40 pound range. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are I see on the on the Facebook boards and messages and stuff. A lot of people are afraid of heavy stuff. I mean, and, I'd be afraid of heavy stuff if you're not going to pack it properly. Then, yeah, they should point. definitely be afraid. Because I remember I had this guy that came in, and he had it pre-packed. It was a TV, and it was in the original box. But all the stuffing was taken out. All the styrofoam, all that was out. And he basically stuffed it with clothing, I think. And I, I remember he was taping it up, and I said, you know, do you need help with that? He's all, no, 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 I'm good to go. I just need the shipping only. And I said, and he asked to get insurance on it. And I said, I can't do that because I'd be taking your money for no good. Because that's, I even told him point blank, that's going to break. It was a TV that was about an inch 
around the entire thing between the TV and the box. I don't think the box was the well, original the, box. He crammed for that it TV. in the box, right? Yeah. Yeah. He crammed it in there, and then it just um, uh, it came back in pieces because um, it was returned. I think it was an eBay shipment. It got returned to us. Oh, so it, so yeah. he he did not listen to your advice. No. Didn't and get insurance. Back, and it came back in pieces. Yep. I told him to get a bigger box. He didn't want to do that because they have oversizes. So it was, a, it was one of those square, t like an older TV. This is probably like 10, 12 years ago. Um, and then um, if he had gone up like an inch or two, it would have gone up, you know, $10, $15 or something like that. He didn't want to do that. Um, he didn't, and then he, he said, oh, can I get insurance? I said, I, I can charge you for insurance. You're not going to get your money back because they, they, research every claim i mean yeah. their their job is not to pay you uh, as bad as that sounds but i mean right uh, yeah. um that's you know that's their job and they would be right in this case because they would just open up the box and see nothing in there um, no he shipped it he said oh i didn't get much for it it came back and he had to come back and pick up a box full of glass and plastic right so yeah didn't listen yep it, what's the what's the the heaviest thing you've shipped on your on your personal eBay? Have you ever shipped the heaviest stuff? On my stuff? personal eBay, yeah. I, I don't really ship very heavy. I mean, maybe 10, 15 pounds. Not very heavy. Gotcha. Out of the store, I've shipped, uh, I mean, right. I did ship very heavy items. But uh, what that it made me think real quick when you said oversized, I had some vintage lawn chairs. Okay. Um, and I ended up selling them local, but the shipping on those vintage lawn chairs, there was no weight to them at all. They were aluminum. Yeah. They were, you know, compared to I've shipped stuff, 40, 50 pounds. These lawn chairs, because of the size, were like $40 shipping. Uh, it was just that size. It's oh, yeah. the oversized. So uh, keep that in mind as you, you know, that different level as, as you learn, as people learn shipping. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, no, you're yeah. totally right about that because what they would always tell us is that um, obviously they're going to get their money somehow. So if it's a giant box of feathers, it's going to go by dimensional weight. Right. If it's a tiny box of lead, it's going to go by the weight of the actual item. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's take it up a notch. The big, big stuff, the, the, the crate. Um, a lot of people, yeah. my, myself included, have not really – tapped into an area that if, if you were to use freight shipping okay and, and there are freight options through yes through your normal shippers yeah you could you can also get truck freight you know the ltl the less than load freight the stuff like that yeah um so you did a lot of freight too you were telling me uh, i mean yeah. yeah yeah i mean even out of a, a tiny little place we had um we did a lot of uh shipping um, we did, let me see here. I'm trying to think of the biggest things that we did. Um, I'll, I'll try and think of the coolest. I'm not sure if I necessarily, the heaviest one that I can think of that was literally sitting in the front of the store was uh, this pizza oven. It was in four pieces. Each piece must've been, I don't know, a, three, a commercial, a commercial pizza, pizza, oven, pizza oven, three right. to 400 pounds. When they brought it in, um, we had the double doors. So they brought it in and they had to bring it in. Basically they used, we don't have, we didn't have a forklift. So, um, they dropped it off and it was the back of, there was a lift gated truck. And then we just took it basically piece by piece on a pallet jack and brought them in. Okay. And then, um, they had an electric pallet jack so they could stack them because these things couldn't be moved. And we stacked them on top of a pallet. And then this is one of the first crates I made. I basically built a crate around it. Um, 
which this is not the way you're supposed to build a crate at all. Uh, it was basically because they didn't want to crate the item, but if I hadn't have at least supported it, it would have toppled and that would have killed somebody. I mean, gotcha. yeah. so we basically just needed to get it uh, all in one spot so they could, uh, the freight company could pick it up. Now we say building a crate, that's, that's plywood, two by fours. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're actually building a shipping crate. Yes. Uh, what we used to call overseas crate in the, yep. in the warehouse industry. Um, so you, you know, you, you screwed, screwed it in, nailed it in, built that thing up and got it. Yeah. What, what would something like that, uh, a pizza oven, three, 400 pounds, what would something like that you think would be shipped, would, would cost ship today? Um, if you're talking about going, say, to the East Coast, something that's that heavy, I mean, yeah, let's do West Coast, East Coast, all West the way Coast, East the Coast. I mean, you could probably, get, I mean, if if you had the time to shop around, you pro, you could get it under five hundred bucks cost. Awesome. Um, if you went in, if you just walked into like UPS store, I don't know if they do freight or not, uh, but um, and then just asked them, they would probably double that up. I'm guessing their cost would be three to 500 and they would probably charge you close to a thousand, 1200, something like that. If you're going now, domestic. That's a, a good point you brought up and is shopping yep. for that, for that freight. You know, yep. there, if you think about uh, trucks pulling back and forth across the country, you know, the trucks are constantly moving. Yeah. There's, you know, the thousand trucks and there's companies out there and you can find them on Google. You can yep. find them local. You can even call anywhere in the country and say, hey, if you have a truck or they have yep. uh, freight forwarding companies uh, and there's guys that are there, there's people that their job is nothing but to find freight to fill that truck yep. um, and, and come in. So keep, you know, as you do that, they're, they're out there and they're very easy to find and get bids. And, oh yeah. And the, uh, a couple of tips for if you're looking at freight, um, uh, the things that will save you money are if you make the job easier for the freight company, i.e. if you're, if you, you know, obviously your house is probably not going to have a dock. Right. So if you can have your item, if it has to be on a pallet, which is generally stuff that's over, you know, 150 pounds or so, because I think 150 pounds is the ground maximum for UPS and FedEx. So if it has to be picked up, try and have it picked up at a business that has a dock that obviously lets you use that. Because then that means they don't need a fork, um, a lift gate on their truck when they right. pick it up. Lift gate fees are not cheap. You can double your shipping cost by having to pay lift Just gate fees. Just having the lift gate. Yeah, and they charge you. Yeah. Explain, uh, explain the difference. Two things to explain. Like okay. get, getting a truck into your neighborhood and then the lift gate versus the... Yeah. 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 So if it's residential, you're nine times out of ten, they're going to charge you a lift gate fee because you're not going to have a dock most likely, unless you're maybe in a rural area or something like that. Um, so they're going to charge your residential fee sometimes on top of that. So there's a couple extra fees you're going to pay just for having people pick up at your house. Gotcha. But you can negotiate those down. Um, if you do more than one freight shipment, if you, if you go directly to the freight company, and say, you know what, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then they'll probably ask you, okay, how much are you going to do in a year? How much are you going to do per month? And then they can take those fees away if you can prove that, you know, you're going to do X amount of shipping. Right, right. For your normal person that's doing one item, 
and it's big, they're, yep. they're not going to work with you too much. No, but no, yeah, most likely not. I mean, you're going to do, but there's, you know, this, this is something you and I have spoke about that yep. the larger stuff is an untapped market in yep. eBay yeah. Be, because people are concerned that, well, I, I have to, so you have to build a pallet. So you've got, you know, some extra cost involved there that you've got to build into your shipping. And then you'd have to have a place to put it or, you know. I very rarely ever build pallets. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, a shipping crate. Oh yeah. Even crates, you can do kind of pseudo crates. If you don't want yeah. to build a crate, you can take a pallet and just kind of build around depending on what you have. If you have the time you're doing it at home. It's not a professional thing you're doing for someone. Because you so, said at one time you shipped a motorcycle, correct? Yes. Yep. What, that had what, to be kind, of mo what kind of motorcycle was that? Oh, was wow. That? This was going to Ireland, if I remember correctly. It was not a Harley. It was, oh, it was wow. a big, a big, a, it was a, a big, big, big touring type bike. Yeah. Bike. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a Japanese. No, uh, it was a, a big, a heavy sucker. Bike. Yeah, gotcha. and then um, I remember we had to. They they left us the keys. I didn't write it, but I literally just pushed it in through. Like I went, we literally went with a truck with a with a. We didn't even have a lift gate. We just had a ramp. We rolled it up into the back and we strapped it down into the back of a truck. And then we brought it back, and then we had the crate waiting, ready for it. Because generally, what we would do is whatever it was, we'd have the rough dimensions and we'd build half the crate or half the pallet. Gotcha. So you literally would just bring it, put it on top, and finish whatever you're doing. Right. It's just how easier. Much, how much bubble wrap did you use on that? Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> to, be, to, be, to be honest, it, the bubble wrap was there for, like, the glass and stuff. It was yeah. – there was, like, nothing on the inside. It's kind of a hollow crate. You, you strap those down yeah, inside. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, because there's a lot of stuff we sell that is, that is told to sell local. And yep. a, a motorcycle, you would think I would, I could only sell that local. No, that's went to but Dublin. Then, so, yeah. It, yeah. It went to Dublin. So you think about like adding that to your repertoire of motorcycles, flipping motorcycles yep. on eBay. There's already a huge business flipping cars on eBay. Yeah. You know, or, you know, there's eBay motors is a huge part of it. Oh yeah. Um, and cars is even easier because yeah, you wouldn't even have to do the packaging. No, they come and get it. Exactly. They'll, they'll drive it up on the on the uh, transporter. Yeah. yeah. I think with cars, all you have to do is, like, they have requirements about, like, you have to, you know, have the car empty and then, like, the has to, like, be, has to be running. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it can drive up on. I had a uh, 69 Lincoln Continental that I had in St. Louis that I had shipped down to uh, Florida. And it was about 500 bucks. That. yeah yeah and so, I, you know, I, the last time i did one it wasn't much more than that i think we went domestically we shipped just like it was like a corolla or something went to it went to florida actually it was like seven seven fifty so yeah. something like that and that's added of course that that the end user would pay that in my mind yeah. or or you know you, the user's going to pay or the buyer's going to pay shipping somehow on yeah that, whether through the price of the car or through you know you've got to add that cost in there so don't be afraid of those large items. No, not and, at all. And, get, and if nothing else, there's always Frankenbox. That's a lot of times what we do for the strange kind of odd size stuff. You have to Frankenbox. Everyone does it, even the big companies. Yeah. I mean, uh, we picked up all kinds of interesting items before. So, I mean, you kind of, you don't never, half the time you don't know because of the accessories and the stuff that comes with it too. Gotcha. Did it, the first time you went, uh, I'm going to ask it 
because this happened to me. The first time I went and cut down a box, yeah, I went, this is easy. Yeah. Why? Because you when you realize it, you can even reshape boxes. You can oh, even, yeah. You know, standard boxes, just cut them one way, cut them. And then, you know, they have the box resizers, which yep. are great for Amazon because, you know, you want to have that, that box at the top. You don't want to have much dunnage in your Amazon. Oh, yeah. And space is your enemy. I mean, because nowadays, if you go to a FedEx store, and they, I, this happened to me like a couple of weeks back, um, it, I was shipping a Barbie doll or, or something. It was a, like a doll. And, but the inside of the inside of the original packaging, it moves around a little bit. So they take the box, they shake it. And then they say, well, we can't ship this because it's moving. And I, I was trying to explain to them, you know, inside of it is the, the issue. I can't, I can, it's basically snug against the box on the inside. And right. I said, sorry, you know, you know, five bucks and we can redo it or you can take it back. Yeah, you got, so, um, sorry about that. And so, you know, keep in mind that there's always a way to ship anything. Yeah. Um, now I do a lot of things. I bubble wrap and typically shrink wrap yeah. my items because I don't want, if they go in a box, I always try to make sure there's some type of cover yeah. that if that box gets wet. Um, and one of the things that really I like to, I like to make sure I stress on, on mine and stuff is that when they open that item, I yeah. want the customer to look like I cared about their item because the minute they purchase it, it's their item. That's true. And you know, I use, I do ship things that most people, uh, you can ship things in poly bags. Yeah. If it's covered, I've shipped clock radios in poly bags, but they're wrapped real well and, and, and covered up and you know, I've never had a complaint. Uh, what are some of the things that you think that people, do that that can they can step up on and make a better customer service experience um i would say the inside of the box i think like i maybe going back to what you just said uh, a lot of times people will take a box and say it's you know a 12 by 12 box and their their item is tiny it's like i don't you know an action figure it doesn't obviously that's way too big of a box but they'll right. say well you know what what am I going to do? It's the only box I have. And they'll just kind of leave it or they'll throw a little paper in it. Like you said, you cut that thing down, make it as appropriate for the item you're sending as possible. I'm not saying cut it all the way down. So that the item's sticking out. So don't cut it. Barbie doll with a foot sticking out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got the hair sticking out so she can see, but yeah, it's, it's good. Um, cool. Cool. Anything else, Mo, you'd like to add? I would say there's one thing that's always, and this is a thing that came out about two or three years ago at Christmas, both UPS and FedEx around, I, don't, I think it's a all year round now, they don't want you putting any kind of wrapping paper or, you know, people use that brown paper around boxes anymore because what happens, what, what they say is, especially in bad weather, people slap the labels on top of those things. The paper comes off, there goes the label, and now you've got it an unidentifiable box. Right. Right. Good point. You know, if, if on your expensive items, yeah, I've always slapped a, not a label, but just the address inside the item. Yeah. Cause that way, if they have to get into it, they, they've done that right. And, yeah, what, that, yeah. and that brown paper too, I think 
somebody said, uh, I read one report where they said, if you want your packages opened, wrap them in brown paper. Yeah. Because they're going to look. You know, they're yeah. going to see, see what for some reason. Right? And then I guess the second thing I would say is anything we would get, uh, um, towards the end we would do a lot of this. We would take a lot of pictures of the items. And what we would do is package it three quarters of the way so the box is open and you can still see the item and the packing material and take a picture of it like that. Gotcha. Because a lot of times claims will happen and the first thing they'll ask for is a picture and as many pictures as possible of the item, the packaging. Sometimes they'll actually ask for the packaging. Um, because especially if it's a high, you know, if you're asking for thousands of dollars or something. Right. Yeah. They're going to ask you for all the details possible. So if you could show them that, hey, I package this properly. You know, this is, you know, here's the bubble wrap, here's the peanuts, here's the whatever. They get a picture of that set. They get, they get a little, uh, they get a little satisfaction. They, you know, some, what's that? Yep. Less, less stress. They get a little bit, you know, more comfortable with purchasing from you. Exactly. Oh, okay, this guy gotta, knows what he's doing, how to ship. So. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Mo, I sure appreciate you letting me interview you on this. This is uh, shipping is, is one of those topics not talked about too much, especially in depth. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it can be very, it can be very uh, beneficial to your business and it can be also very disastrous for your business. If, if, uh, it's right a, yeah. It's one of those things we yeah. all need. And yeah. Oh, that's, of, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, two things you need with this business is internet and shipping. Yep. Yeah. With that, <laughs> that's the, the key major key parts of the business. So exactly. Well, good. I want to thank everybody for listening to today's podcast. Uh, please come back, uh, come back, listen to our other episodes. Uh, if you are listening through YouTube, like and share, uh, and please subscribe. Also go to our Facebook page. The link is in YouTube. And because we have some really neat uh, guests coming up, some some just powerful people that have uh, been around in the industry that just really exciting. I, I don't want to say who we booked, but it has, it's going to be a really uh, well, uh, just a full of pro tips. So, Mo, thank you very much. I want you to have a good rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Show notes and social media links are located at resellerniche.com. Please like and subscribe to us on iTunes.